1: the mounting pass
2: upfield. Brady Townfield gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. And first down inside his own five
0: from his own end zone. Sacked and a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage grand defense. They hand it to Steven, great jump, cut, 45, 40. sees so a whole burst to it, 20, steps to tackle, runs left, 25, stone to feet, 46-yard goal
3: by number 39. Running back, number
0: 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw, the fake is on, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey.
2: Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl,
0: Super Bowl. Radio with Derek C. And Michael Stewart.
1: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo It is our pregame show. It's a little late. I'm sorry for that. i been a little under the weather the last couple of days. I want to make sure, though, that I did take time to get our pregame show out. We have two great guests. One being Bo Brad from Locked On Cards and also Ed Smith, who is with Believe in Cardinals Podcast. And I got to tell you, both were a lot of fun. They always are. I love having both these guys in the show. They bring a lot of stuff to it. And it's you know generally a good time. The news is out, though. And we want to talk about a few things here about the Rams game, especially with where they're going on defense. In case you have been hidden under a rock somewhere, their starting safeties are out. We already knew that Jordan Fuller's out. And now what we have left is, well, Taylor Rapp. He's out. Did not pass concussion protocols yet, and that meant the Rams had to do something. The gut feeling was they had to do something. So who do they do? Who they bring back? Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle, who last played in the league in 2019, didn't have the world's best year in 2019. They bring him back. This is a lot about who's out there still, which means not much, and i got to be honest, I'm concerned. That said, the Rams have been down guys before. They were down pretty hard during the little COVID outbreak. So here we are back again, needing some help. They can combat the shortcomings of this. We'll talk about how throughout the show tonight. But it could be worse. Overall, now the team isn't isn't too bad health wise. A couple of nicks. Uh, Matt Stafford's toes, He's gonna be okay. He's going full in practice. It's just the secondary right now. It's hit hard, and we gotta hope they stand up. And can at least keep the game close. Helping that out, DeAndre Hopkins will not play for the Cardinals. Good sign, at least. But Kyler Murray is something else. He's something else. We'll see what everybody thinks here as to where this game goes, all right? All right, first things first, let's go talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Ed Smith, Believe in Cardinals. (laughs) All right. It seems the way things have been this year, it feels like it's almost been weekly. But we have Ed Smith from Believing Cardinals. This is a third time this year. I mean, is it four? I've lost count. Were you on for tour around the league? Too? I don't know. We talk a lot these days, though, and no better time, I guess, than the playoffs.
2: Ed, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, Derek. Uh, And you know, we couldn't have kind of uh, scripted this one. You know, as all the scenarios went. You know, I had, did not see the uh, Rams matching up with the Cardinals in the playoffs, but as it has, you know, they both lost that last week, which I'm sure we'll talk about, and here we go.
1: Here we he goes, right? I guess the first thing I to get into right away is, where are the Cardinals health-wise?
2: Uh, they seem to be pretty. I mean, they're getting J.J. Watt back as far as, you know, he was designated from the IR uh, last week, has been able to practice with the team, and for what I understand, I know we're midweek now, but all signs are that he's going to rejoin uh, the lineup as far as I know. Uh, D Hop, I have to get an update on him. I don't know if he's going to be anywhere near active or anything like that. But health-wise, um, it's the playoffs, Derek. And at this point in time, everybody is banged up. So I don't even really pay attention so much to the injury reports because whoever's, it's like all hands on deck at this point in time. Any boo-boos and dings and stuff like that, dudes are going to have to put them aside because it's uh, the second season. This is money time now. This is, uh, you know, time to, to put up or shut up, win or go home. I know those old cliches can only go along uh, so far, but, I mean, it is what it is. This is when everybody is tasked to show up and, and uh, give whatever you got is left in the tank one week at a time to try to get to that Super Bowl. So here we are.
1: I mean, look, right now, just reporting earlier today, I mean, it looks like uh, Hopkins is not playing. And that's coming from CBS Sports, and other places. So I'm guessing it is, you know, a little bit of a blessing for the Rams. Uh, but we got our own injuries on our side, I'm sure, we're going to talk about as well. And right now, you know, how, what, what is your feeling about the Cardinals' mindset? I mean, for a while there, they were in the driver's seat. They were seriously in the driver's seat in the division. And things kind of wilted late. How are you? I mean, how are you breaking them down right now?
2: You know, it's it's really uh after that seven and zero start, Derek. You know, the, obviously you look at the final record. The Cardinals are, you know, they finished the season eleven and six. Who would have thought they'd end up there? Uh, you know, if you asked me at the beginning of the year, which I had them pegged at eight and nine, if you had said to me, Ed, uh, Cardinals finish eleven and six, uh, making it into the playoffs, what would your reaction be? And now I'm talking. I'd have been like, man, that absolutely. But when you look at how they started off with that 7-0 start and fizzled 4-6 and six down the stretch, you get a different feel. It's like they set the expectations higher each week, you know, as we continued to kind of stand atop the NFC West, and then to kind of fumble the way we did down the season, losing to Detroit, which we had no reason to. Uh, you look back in that one game, would have been the difference. You know, obviously we lost against – Seattle, which was a 6-10 and 10 team at the at the time this past week. And you talk about those two losses, where we could have been versus where we are, Derek. And all congrats to the Rams because you guys actually took the hard road, the long road to the NFC West Championship because, you know, we beat you guys early in the season. It looked like at one point we were just going to run away with this thing. If you look back to that game, I think it was like week 14 when we played you guys. If we win that game, we would have locked up the NFC West virtually because of the fact that we had a three-game mm-hmm. lead before to go with a tiebreaker being that we had swept you guys for the season. How quickly everything just kind of fell apart for us. We, we made it into the playoffs. I'm sure the coaching staff is preaching confidence because, hey, look, it's not the, uh, the, the bumps in the road, but where you finish up on the journey. But I'm telling you, man, expectations had to be riding so high Uh, where we sat at one point that now we're getting ready for a playoff game on the road instead of hosting, which we very easily could have been doing. And, man, I'm telling you, it's just a different mindset. You know, disappointment can be kind of hidden away, but deep down inside, I think the Cardinals, coaching staff, and players know what they let slip through their fingers. And now it's time to put that all aside and try to go win a game on the road in Los Angeles. That's not going to be an easy task
1: just I know we're going to get to the game I just want to ask this question in your view what happened like you mentioned 4 and 6 down the stretch and when you and I talked on our show previously we looked at those at that schedule and the schedule for the Cardinals looked I mean compared with the Rams are going down that stretch a lot easier what happened down this stretch that led to this mini collapse not a full collapse not in the playoffs but mini collapse
2: yeah, I think what happened, Derek, was once again the ugly head of how I get like Kingsbury and his ability to adjust, uh, and not just, you know, in game adjustments, it's week to week. You know, I, I don't think he made uh, changes to the game plan or, or approach, which I applauded him on early in the season, but after, you know, weeks, you know, seven, eight, nine, and ten you're talking about deep into a season, teams have a whole lot of film on you. And now they game plan to take certain things away from you. We just, I think what happened with Kingsbury, once again, he fell back into that mode of, well, this worked earlier or it worked the first time around, let's do it again. And you can't do that. You have to be ready for the counter punches in this league as a head coach. I just don't think he made the proper adjustments, whether it be coming in the games with the game plan. And then once you figured things weren't, necessarily working what are we going to counter with to you know kind of ward off what they're doing to us and then obviously you lose some weapons you know with D Hop going down it made it I'm not going to say easier for teams to uh kind of scheme against us and our our offense but you know it just that weapon being gone just really limited Kingsbury and his approach and once again and here's the thing Derek we got out Played on the field as well as out coached in several of our games down the stretch, and that's a bad thing, especially going into the playoffs. You shouldn't. Sometimes it can be one or the other. It can't be both. We got out coached and out played, out schemed, out everything down the stretch. And you know, when you have superior talent, sometimes the talent can overcome the out coaching part. But we don't. We're not at that stage yet, and it just bit us in the butt. I'll give you a prime example. We went over to Detroit in a game after we lost you know, to you guys, and we're trying to rebound. We went mm-hmm. over there, and Detroit made us look silly. I mean, they had all the tricks and gadgets ready for us. We had no counter punch. They played more aggressively. They uh, utilized uh, their speed against us in, in so many different ways, and we just never regrouped and re- never recovered, and that cannot happen when you're on a, basically, a, you know, a playoff stretch trying to get back into the race where you're, you're not just in the division, but even potentially at that time still, a number one seed in the playoffs. We just did not perform down the stretch.
1: Now I just want just to point this out. This is kind of a side thing. Anybody else notice how much for the Lions got towards the end of the year? Absolutely. I, th- I think Dan Campbell's got something starting to brew in Detroit. It may take a couple years, but that team fought for him out there.
2: That's the prime word, Derek. Those guys would have ran through two brick walls for Campbell And it's funny because at the beginning of the season when he took over, you know, all season he's going to talk about biting kneecaps and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it was like we were like, this guy's a clown. I'm telling you, within that locker room, every dude from the first dude on the roster to the last dude on the roster looked like they believed in him. And he he was out there running some crazy stuff sometimes. But even the players on the field, you could see they were like, look, hey, we're going. Hey, Coach Dan says we're going to go do it. And they, they really were playing their behinds off. Uh, and I will give them all the credit in the world toward the end for how they play for Campbell and teams better watch out for them in the future. If they can get the talent to match the desire, then they, they're on to something there in Detroit.
1: I think so. It's going to take a couple of years building some talent up there, but they get some. They got some draft picks from the Rams. You know, they got they got the Rams a couple guys from the Rams uh, talent squad. Their, their their draft team. I mean, th- there is a. Uh, watch out for Detroit in a couple of years. I mean, you got to fight your culture, but watch out in yeah. a couple of years. Now, going back to our game, Rashad Penny ran all over you guys, and I remember our conversation twice this year, and both times you told me, you know, this rush defense is, is a problem for the Cardinals. and
2: Absolutely.
1: We didn't see it as much in that first game, but in the second game we saw it. How are you feeling about that rush defense right now with – with the Rams having Cam Akers back, with an already solid Sony Michelle and an offensive line for the Rams that just got destroyed by the Niners are probably going to be a little bit ticked. How are you feeling about this match coming this weekend?
2: Not good at all, Derek, because exactly what you're talking about, like I said, teams look, they see where our weakness is, and you know you guys are getting healthier in that position bringing Akers back. And then with the what Sony Michelle has done, bringing confidence to that running game, it, in my opinion, uh uh McVeigh would be a fool not to come into the game thinking this is how we're gonna establish the line of scrimmage and then from everything from there everything else plays off of it. You know, and, and we've done not much in my opinion in terms of scheming to shore that up. I know we'll be getting JJ Watt back, but I mean he hasn't put up what you call the greatest statistics. Um just because you know sometimes teams focus on him, they focus on Chandler they don't put up all the numbers. We need the secondary guys to step up. For whatever reason, stepping up in the running game has been a problem for us all year. So I see this as a game where if you guys don't come out and, like I said, try to establish a running game, do what other teams have done to us. And you're right. I mean, Penny, I mean, he just put it on us. The, the, the Seahawks in general, I think they had 230 or however many yards rushing. That's the blueprint, especially – you know, it's one thing if this game was middle of the season and you have to look back on it and say, okay, well, maybe they've shored up this and they've done this. This is recent history. This is what we just given up. And now we're going into the playoffs where there's no time for playing around. This is not, you know, let's experiment with this or do it. If you want to come in with a solid game plan against the Cardinals right now, establish the interior run. That's the thing that I'm seeing that's most detrimental to us. We've got some, you know, guys who can – come up and fill from the secondary with Baker and you got Simmons rolling around and roaming around, stuff like that. But interior run defense has been a problem all year. And I see that as the weakness of this defense that might be the end of us when it comes to this coming week. All
1: right. So the rest of this matchup here, Rams offense, the passing game against the Cardinals secondary right now. When we talked last, you were really high on what the Cardinals secondary is doing and you were very much would the Rams move Stafford around? would they would we be patient and guess what they were? And they got some big plays on the Cardinal secondary. How does that secondary look now in weeks later? How do you like that matchup?
2: I once again, I hate the matchup just and I predicated on this there if the Rams come in here with the proper game plan, meaning just as I said last time, I was afraid you guys moving Stafford around getting the run game going. And here's the the crazy part. It doesn't even have to be a huge running game. A few weeks ago, Indianapolis came in here. Um, They did just enough with the run game to support their, I won't call it pathetic, but, you know, very ill-tempered pass game with Wentz. And they still ended up pulling a victory out from us because, like I said, they did just enough in the run game. The Indianapolis Colts passing game is nothing like the Rams passing game. So if you do just enough to make us honor that and then you gash us, that's one one of the biggest problems with this uh, Cardinals uh, run defense, Derek, is that they can stop, stop, stop. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're giving up these huge runs uh, like they did with Rashad with with Penny. I mean, he had a long of 62. I know it was late in the game, but it was one of those backbreakers. And for some Mm -hmm. reason, we just get to a point where it seems like we're stopping the run. If the other team stays consistent and says, look, not giving up on the run, we're going to continue to do it because a couple things are going to happen. One, it's going to continue to set up our play action pass game. The other is we can pop one on these dudes and what teams have done against us. So the the, the thing is, if you stay with it, you have an opportunity to create some big plays, not just in your run game, but within your pass game. And that's what scares me the most. Um, You know, and it's, it's, it's inevitable what happens with the secondary, especially with someone as, you know, aggressive as Buda Baker, let's say. You continue to run. You continue to run. He keeps coming downhill. Keeps coming downhill, making tackles. He starts to get a little uh, nosy, and all of a sudden it looks, looks like a run, and it's a little either play action or you get Stafford out of the pocket. Someone sneaks over the top. Boom, we're hit. We're done. You know, that's the type of thing. And I just see this game as a setup for what happened in that game that, you know, when you guys came here to play us. I thought the first one in my mind initially when we went out and beat you guys in L.A., I was like, that's an aberration. But then as we continue to win, win, win and do some things right, I was like, well, maybe they are for real. But these last few weeks have given me some doubt in terms of not just defense, offense, I mean overall as a team, where we are talent-wise and where our coaching staff is in terms of, butting heads against uh, opposing coaches and their game plans. And that really scared me right now uh, for the Cardinals.
1: Now, one key thing here, just judging from what we saw last game, that the Niners were up front in the trenches. Probably the most embarrassing game of the year for the Rams. Even more than the 31-10 loss to the 49ers. The way that they got, they dominated, the, I mean, the Rams looked darn near perfect in the first half against the 49ers. Second half was a complete and total demolition the other way. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't throw the football. The the front four, especially the four narrations, in the Rams' backfield in every flip and play. Okay. And the Cardinals have been solid rushing the quarterback as well. They have given the Rams some problems this year. Where is that pass rush right now? And you mentioned J.J. Watt. We're not sure if he's playing, but where is it overall? Where's, Where's it at?
2: You know, it's been hit or miss, to be honest with you, man. It just depends who are playing and the, the game plans, plans against us. And I think, honestly, what puts us on our heels is that running game, Derek. When teams start coming downhill at us and kind of taking the, you know, I, when when we have gotten up on teams and you give Chandler Jones and that front and Isaiah Simmons and whoever they want to bring down and mismatch and, you know, come off the edges and stuff like that, when you give us a lead and – Now we can pin our ears back and come after you. We are an entirely different team than when you start running the ball directly at us and now we're on our heels a little bit. You start doing a little play action at us, a little misdirection and stuff like that. That's when we become totally discombobulated. And that's when I've seen with, you know, some of these teams that have recently played us. I'll give you some examples. Indianapolis ran downhill as much as they could. They didn't even ask a whole lot out of Carson Wentz. But we were kind of on our – we never even got after him because we – like I said, we were on our heels the whole time with the uh, running game. Detroit, they did a whole bunch of uh, things that we just didn't think they were going to do, misdirection, some trick plays here, stuff like that, that had us on our heels the whole time. And then when they wanted to drop back and throw the ball, they did because there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. I think because guys were literally, you know, what's coming next? And we just didn't have that aggression. And then, you know, going back to the game we played, you guys established the the, the line of scrimmage. And once again, you know, you got uh, Stafford out of the pocket, you ran the ball just enough. And then when you needed the big play over the top, it was there because of some of the uh, indecision in terms of coming up to support the run game or letting guys get behind you. So that, like I said, if we get after you early, I can always tell. It's like when we get after a quarterback early, and if we get a lead; it's going to be a long day for you. But if you can establish something or make some adjustments, like I said, we we become uh, very non-aggressive, and that will kill this defense because the main focus. If you watch all, you go back to the victories and the games where they played well. Derek, it's all about you know. Now it's time to get after the quarterback, and when we have the opportunity to do that, it can be a long day for the opposition. But I said, if you don't get to that point. Then like I said, it's it's gonna be a long day for this Cardinals uh, defense. Now on the other side of the ball, the
1: Cardinals offense, because Rams defense, the Rams have a problem here. Their their secondary is beat the crap. Jordan floors out for the year. I mean, it's, it's there's desperation mode. Taylor Raps and concussion protocol. They went and he got Eric Weddle out of retirement today.
2: I saw that.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh Darius Williams waiting on his shoulder, news on his shoulder, and at least one of their starters from Week seven, sorry, week 19, whatever week it was. I'm losing track of weeks now. Uh, available this this weekend. How are you looking at this Rams defensive matchup with the Cardinals in light of no DeAndre Hopkins being available?
2: Well, the other issue we have, and I'll have to check the update, but uh, Connor, uh, with that, I think it was an ankle or I can't remember what it was, he missed a portion of that last game. Uh, they're hoping his injury isn't serious and he's back. He's an important cog for this team, man. If they can't have him running downhill, uh, that puts a very uh, lot, a lot of stress on our running game without him. And if you're expecting Kyler Murray just to drop back and carry us to victory with you know, 40, 45 pass attempts, we're going to be able to, for a long day. I think the formula was kind of hit last time against you guys. Uh, if you can keep your defensive ends going up the field and not getting too aggressive and nosy inside – and get pressure up the middle against Kyler, you know, he tends to make some mistakes and prone, prone for those quick sacks. He'll go down in a second. So, you know, as far as our defense or your defense matching up with us, you guys got the talent. You got the horses. It's just a matter of you guys being disciplined and coming in here. And, like I said, if we don't have a good running game, it's going to be a long day for us. If we do establish a running game, that gives us, you know, some ability to do our play action. We can rely on Kyler to get out of the pocket every now and then when necessary, but it's going to be a, a tough sled for me if Connor is in full go for this one and gives us that, you know, established helps us establish that along with the the offensive line they got to do a whole lot better than they've done in the last few weeks in terms of protecting Kyler and uh, some of the penalties and stuff like that. But you know, I, it's gonna it's gonna come down. Like I said, it's gonna start with our running game and with our running game, and then from there, how much Kyler can. And now you know kind of hold on his shoulders this week.
1: It's, it's funny you're saying that because on a, from my point of view, it's the running game for the Rams as well for this game. Like mm-hmm. If the Rams go in there and they can run the football, it, it, then this is a Rams win. to shorten the game to, to with, that, with that banged up with their banged up secondary to try and keep Kyler off the field as much as possible. Where I mean, this is, this is a game where if it's ever going to be a Rams running game, this is the game they need to have it. This is yeah. absolutely the game they have to have it. And that's going to be – so you're talking about – you know that they're going to be in the first quarter. I feel the same way. Like if the Rams come out there and can – you know, they don't have to be perfect. Three, four yards of carry, move the ball slowly even, just, just hold on to the football. Kind of like they did the four yards in the first half. Then I think the Rams win this game. I think they'll, they'll manage all the way through. If this is a game where the Rams fall behind early, because, I mean, my gosh, man, Sean McVay cannot help himself. Yeah. If he's behind by seven points, let's go five wide. Let's just go five wide. No. Nope.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, then it's a different ball game. So I think we're going to know early how this is going to go.
2: I absolutely agree with you. And my question, you would, how stupid, like you're watching this game, Derek, and right out the box, you see. Like you said, uh, the Rams go five wide and not even exploit or attempt to get into the interior of this defense with the run, with the run game. That would have to be infuriating for me. Uh, and same for me. If we go out there and right off the bat we're just trying to throw the ball up the field, you know, and spread everything out. To me, that would be the biggest mistake in the world. If Connor is healthy or whatever running back tandem we have, we should be both teams should be trying to mirror each other in terms of. The offensive approach: run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Pass the ball. Secondary, use your play action, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, move mm-hmm. the pocket if you have to. Whichever side or coaching staff decides to abandon whichever first, God help them because it's going to be a long day for them, and they're going to take a whole bunch of uh, have to take a whole bunch of uh, questions afterwards.
1: And for us on our side, it's a lot of the same questions. So I, I'm because I'm sure at some point in the offseason I'll be bored. and and curious, I will probably go back through every game and look at the success rate they have for every time they are at 5-wide. Because it seems to me that almost always it winds up going to be a train wreck. And that's where the game turned for the Rams against the 49ers. It was second quarter, third and one. They they get the first down. They're going to keep plowing away towards halftime with the 49ers having nothing. They go 5-wide. They go five wide. Why? On third and one. I get you're not, I get it. You're not running the ball, but there's a lot you can do besides going five wide, just telling them you're going to throw the football. You have to at least have the threat of it. And you know, that I, there were some, some analysts were on, why are you guys so upset about this? It's for that reason. It's not the fact that he's in shotgun. It's the fact that you went five wide, no running back. It's empty set on third and one. You're telling them, Hey, blitz me. Yeah. Come get me, I'm here. And what did the 49 do? They went after him. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, he does this all the time. and it's, it's, I, I'm hearing you talk about, I, man, I, Kingsbury. And I'm thinking, is this a doppelganger thing here? It's a mere <laughs> thing. What's he going to do here? What strange decision? Because I think Kingsbury's a solid coach. I think he's done a very good job. But It's like McVay. McVay sits there, and he, he does a great job 90% of the time. And every once in a while, he just makes that decision. You're like, dude, you, know, you shouldn't even have to think about this. And he well, made two, two decisions. You know
2: what's interesting, Derek, is for a little bit of time, we've been your, you've been our kryptonite. We could not figure out a way to beat you guys. And we finally got over that hump in the first game this year. Uh, McVay... Versus Shanahan, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's like the same Kryptonite. It's almost like he makes him go stupid. It's like he forgot. He stayed up all night studying for the test, and then the teacher puts it on his desk. His mind goes totally blank. And I just, I mean, and that's one of the things that worries me about this matchup because minus that, you know, victory we had earlier this year, you guys have had our number, and it always seems like. Like it's like Kingsbury gets the test on his table and just forgets everything he studied about. And this could be one of those instances because of what I've seen over the last few weeks. He could even be in like his own personal sump right now. And the last thing he needs to see across the, 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 the field from right now is McVeigh. It could have been anybody else. And he might have had a little more confidence. I'm worried about his psyche going into this one against the dude that has had his, uh, you know, his. Uh, um, Hard from seemingly from day one, even regards to that one game we got this year. So you guys might be able to put that one behind you. Uh, you know, Sanahan for some reason has McVay's number, but like it's a good thing you guys aren't facing the Niners again this week. You got uh, you got a, you might have caught a break.
1: Oh uh, probably did. I mean, the thing with the Niners is the Niners have been built to beat the Rams the whole time. Yeah. I mean they, they were built to beat the Rams. That's why they've been so good. You know, they, they built that roster essentially to be able to take the Rams out. And that's what they do. And until the Rams fix some gaps, especially in their linebacking court up front, they are not going to stop them. I mean, we, every time the 49ers play the Rams, we know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And they still can't stop. Why? Because they just don't have the personnel to do what, to match up physically. The Rams are a physical team. They've shown in the last few weeks they're a physical team. But the 49ers are more physical.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, everybody's got a bully out there somewhere.
2: Oh yeah, nope, that's for sure. Like I said we're gonna see if uh, if uh, Kingsbury Kingbury can get a, a you know take a second shot at his bully, but that worries me a little bit.
1: So, what is your, what are your X factors here? We talked about the, the kind of the common sense stuff, the things we see. What are your X factors?
2: That is a great question, man. I'm I'm gonna go to a simple one, and you would imagine. Because, you know, a leader of the team, he wouldn't be an X-Factor. But I got to see a whole lot more from Kyler Murray here recently in terms of his execution, especially when pressure is in his face. He's, in the last few weeks there, he's played very small. And I'm I'm talking about his size and his his kind of actions on the field. I continue to push, you know, like always point out the fact he is a smaller individual out there on the field. Teams are somehow... or or trying to exploit that, meaning keeping him in the pocket. And one of the things I've noticed recently, he's done a lot of happy feet back there, dancing. I I know you have to go through your progressions, but normally it's one to two to three as you're scanning through the field. He's going one to two, back to one, over to three, back to one. He's been doing a lot of that lately, and I think it's because he's not seeing the field as clearly as he should because teams are not allowing him to get out of the pocket. So my X factor for this game And you guys, like I said, I mentioned earlier, you guys have the horses to do this with all, you know, all your linebackers. Uh, You know, you got uh, uh, the middle covered with the pressure. Uh, For me, if you guys can continue to to keep, like I said, contained, get pressure up the middle, that's going to cause him to make a mistake or two. If he does, if he doesn't play well, point blank, the, the Cardinals are done. We've seen how they play when he doesn't have those spectacular moments. This will be a one and out for us and a very disappointing season when it all comes down to it, being that we were the last undefeated team at one point, you know, battling for not just the, the division, but number one seed in the conference. Um, I need to see a whole lot from Kyler Murray uh on the field and in terms of leading this team off the field, uh meaning on the sideline and stuff like that. If he doesn't play well, we're not gonna play well. It's gonna be a one and done for us.
1: So Worse comes worse for this game. Those things happen. Are there any other ways out of this?
2: You mean like uh, to pull a victory out without Kyler Murray?
1: Let's just say, hey, you know what? Kyler doesn't have his best game. The running game isn't quite there for the Cardinals. They don't quite get the pass rush from the Rams. What, what can keep them in this game, even if those things don't work hey, out for them?
2: Defensively? We can, all, we can hope that uh, Stafford has, will be as generous to us as he's been to other teams in the recent past here with some of these pick sixes. Nothing works better or nothing helps a team more than some of those quick turnarounds, being like a pick six, a defensive score. I, I'll point this out. You saw what happened to us this past week with Seattle. Our punter decides to pull a punt down, muffs it, fumbles it. They go, They get that, go right in for a score, turn the entire game around. So something special teams or Stafford giving us one a, an easy one that kind of swings momentum. Yeah, you can't always count on those. That's the problem, but as you've seen Stafford for some reason, I don't know whether he's pressing or doesn't see hasn't seen some different things. He's been real generous with tossing the ball to the other color on the field. So like I said, that's one of those things you can't count on it, but you can always hope and if it does, that could be one of those Game-changing moments that could either spark something in the Cardinals, or like I said, give us an easy score that either puts us ahead or you know uh, brings us back from from the dead.
1: All right, so I mean, right at this point, I know it's we got a couple more days. Yet, care to make it? Can I make a prediction?
2: Oh, you know, I'm always ready for but I was already thinking about this. There. So <laughs> But when me and you talk, when you and I talk, you know I was ready for this one. I have the Rams winning this one, twenty-seven, twenty-four, in a very close game that could swing either way. But you know, I just something is in me has it. I've, you know, and a lot you can't like a lot of team people say. Well, that's the regular season. Now it's the postseason, and you know, all everybody's zero and zero. I've looked at what we've done down the stretch. We don't look like the same team we did in those first seven to ten weeks of the season we really do not and to say that i have the same confidence that i did early in the season not necessarily coming out there to play you guys the first time but in other instances no i don't and i just you know if you if the rams can clean up some of their mess and not do stupid things like throw us a pick six or you know give us something deep in your territory you know this is a game that if you come out run the ball i think you establish and put us on our toes, and our defense never kind of gets after Stafford like they would. And like I said it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, but I just see this game coming down to the end where you guys have uh, just have been playing, even take out the San Francisco game this past week, that you guys have been playing a lot better than us, including the game you came over and got against us. So I see this being a Rams win at home, like I said, around 27-24.
1: You know, and it's weird. I'm going to be. This is my show, and I'm going to wuss out a little bit. And the reason why is, my, you know, by the time I come on your show on Saturday, we're going to be closer. But okay. <laughs> for me, I hesitate. And the reason why I hesitate to make a prediction now is simple that Rams secondary. I have no idea who's playing out there.
2: True, true. I
1: have no idea at all who's playing in this game out there in the secondary. We just brought Eric Weddle back, he's been on football since 2019.
2: <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's bananas, and he was
1: struggling that year.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just need him. So the good thing is it's like maybe they just need him situationally. They don't need to lean on him that much because you got to imagine he's not going to be the most conditioned guy. Uh, he's got to catch up playbook-wise and everything like that. He might be a dude that should just get out there situationally, which means if there's 65, 70 snaps in the game, maybe you see him for – Ten to fifteen, something like that. But if you're, you know, like you said, we'll we'll see because we're going to talk on Saturday. Come pre- come ready with your prediction because I and who knows, maybe mine might change by then. But I'm 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 sticking. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to stick with where I'm at. All
1: right. Well, well, I'll see you on Saturday. We'll see how this goes. This is Ed Smith. Ed Smith speaks on Twitter, and you can find his show, The Believe in Cardinals Podcast. Also, hosts a show where again. This is These a good the one. talk on KUS
2: right. 1060 AM Phoenix every Saturday from 10 to 12 out here in Arizona.
1: Derek. I've been on the show. It's a fun visit as always. And, and as always, great talking with you. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in the and come to Run the League. Thank you so much for coming on the
2: show. Always a pleasure, Derek. Look forward to having you on, on Saturday as well. All right.
1: Take care. You got it. Ed's actually pretty concerned. <laughs> you can tell he's a little concerned. He's, um, he's been up and down on his own team this year. Not because he doesn't believe in them, but they just aren't consistent enough. And I have to agree. They haven't been consistent enough. And where that takes them down the line, I don't know. I don't know where they go from this point forward. What I do know is that the Rams are hoping they're just as inconsistent on Monday night. That's what I got hope for anyways. And let's be honest. The Rams haven't been consistent either. This game is going to be a tough one, and it comes down to the trenches. I've been saying that all week, and I'm going to say it now. I think this game comes down to who wins in the trenches, who controls the clock. The Rams want that offense on the field as much as possible. They don't want that secondary tested that much. They want to control the game, keep Kyle Hurry from, from having as many opportunities as possible. You want to hold him back, keep him out of sync. you got to run that football. They have to run the football on Sunday. Sorry, Monday. They're write on Monday. I'm still not used to the whole playoff game on Monday nights. All right.
0: Before we move on, here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Okay. Here's Bo Brack.
0: Bo has got a lot to say, too. And you
1: know what? Just like Ed, this game's been a great game. Check it out. (laughs) All right, folks, I'm here with Bo Brack, the Locked On Network, Locked On AZ Cards. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Round three. Round three. We've become quite familiar with each other this year. Bo, how you doing? Derek, I'm doing great, man.
3: I'm, I'm excited for a third matchup between these two teams. Finally, the, like the grudge match. We kind of get a good idea of who has the edge. I know that the Rams won the last one, but, uh, you know, the Cardinals had a pretty good showing in week four. Just curious to see which which team
1: shows up on both sides. Jekyll or Hyde? Exactly. Somewhere in between. I don't know. Well, it's getting news out today that uh, J.J. Watt is practicing and may actually potentially play. How is this looking from your side of things over there?
3: I think that JJ Watt is going to play in this game. You know, in what capacity? You know, I'm not sure, but if you get JJ Watt out there and he's playing 50% of the snaps, he's kind of in a rotational role, you're a better defense than you were before. He can get in there. He does a lot of things that don't show up in the box score, even if he's not at 100%. He's been trending this way ever since surgery and ever since everybody tried to count him out a couple weeks ago. I I think that this is a big, big addition to the Arizona Cardinals defense because that front seven has to be special, Derek for them to kind of make up where they lack in the secondary. And uh, the the first time these teams matched up, J.J. Watt was in the lineup, and the, it was a very successful defensive effort from the Arizona Cardinals and kind of set the tone for that W for them.
1: Now, when you're looking towards this game overall, the Cardinals defense, man, that, that run defense took like a beating last weekend. Just yeah. an absolute destruction. Where is this front seven right now? And how are you looking at this Rams game from that perspective?
3: As a whole, the team is, is trending in the wrong direction. I mean, they've dropped four of their last five, and uh, the run defense actually before the you know they had uh, Rashad Penny go off for 190 yards and a touchdown, including a big 62 yarder, and, and just 200 yards on the ground overall. This run defense was actually playing pretty well. They weren't, uh, they, you know they they weren't a bottom. 12 group like they were for the most of the season. They were they were actually, you know, somewhere in the middle of the road. And and this is a run defense where schematically they're they they want to they're willing to concede a few big gash plays in order to create negative plays. And it just blew up in their face against Seattle. Uh but Seattle, you know, they're they're playing with a the lead there, and uh the Cardinals defense was kind of worn down, and they were able to kind of strike and hit on a big play. So Arizona Cardinals run defense is kind of the status quo, and it's going to be boom or bust. And if they, you know, you might have a couple big plays, and in the box score it might look pretty for the the running back for the Rams on Monday. But if they can create negative plays, if they can, you know, get pressure on first down and create second and long, third and long, that's exactly where they want to be. If they can do that for the majority of the game by giving up some kind of some pretty num- numbers, cosmetically, they're willing to do that.
1: Now, what about the rest of this defense coming in? Your secondary was you know, a strong point for the team for much of the year. Uh, your linebacking core, how healthy are they? How does the overall matchup with the Rams offense look for you?
3: Uh, it, overall, if you get J.J. Watt back, your pass rush is, is pretty much at, at full strength. You've got Chandler Jones, you've got Marcus Golden, you've got Zach Allen, who's a young player that's emerging, and he had a uh, he, he was, it is scoop and score to open up the game against Seattle. He's playing well. Uh, the front seven looking decent. I think the linebackers, it's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde scenario. It kind of matches the whole team. You've got those young players. David Collins is a no-show, the first-round pick out of Tulsa. His snaps have just drastically uh, just just gone to non-existent. Isaiah Simmons, who was, who was playing really well last, the first time these teams matched up, has, hasn't has been playing his best football kind of an uneven season at the end of the day. And then Jordan Hicks is, is a guy that... Uh, He's a sure tackler, but at the same time, he can get beat pretty well. And then in, in the defensive secondary, Byron Murphy is really the the only capable cornerback. And he, he's a solid corner. Uh, he, he's, he's definitely been beaten his fair share this season. Uh, and, and But that's probably due to the lack of help uh, in the cornerback room. I mean, you've got Marco Wilson, the fourth-round pick, who is a nice story. But we'll see where he is with his shoulder, likely out, Robert Alford is a guy that hasn't been designated to return off IR. Uh he probably is going to be out of this contest. So it's a patchwork defensive secondary. And then you've got Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson who I, I I think it's one of the best safety duos in the league. But, you know, where they lack in the defensive secondary, they're going to have to make up kind of sand, sandwiching them in the safety area and of course in the front seven. And it's just going to be uh it's really going to come down to them making plays and if they can maybe force a, a takeaway I think they should be in a decent spot. It's just it's a matter of if they if they can execute and they can maybe you know avoid the big bust that Matthew Stafford just loves and can feast on.
1: So I'm a little confused about this this team here. Yeah, they they go to Dallas and they, they play a really good game in Dallas. I mean, really good. That was that was the Cardinals I saw early in the year. Very good, very good game. Then they go home and lose to a six and ten team. They struggle with with the Colts they got demolished by the lions explain this team to me right now because i don't know who they are <laughs> i mean we've been trying to figure that out too i mean during
3: this stretch it's just the wrong time to slump and uh you know which what what team is it and, and against dallas yeah they were able to kind of prove uh that they could turn back the clock a couple of weeks and be the team that we thought they were at the beginning of the season but with that, they've also shown that they can be this other team, that they can be this team that lacks in the ex- execution, that lacks focus, that can be undisciplined and, and get bitten by the, the penalty bug and put themselves in, in tough positions offensively and defensively. And, uh, you know, it, it's just something that this team's really struggled with the last two seasons as far as finishing. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray combined, I mean, they haven't won a—they haven't clinched a game. They haven't clinched a playoff spot uh, together in the two years that they've been together. I mean, they needed the Rams to win in order to clinch. They knocked the Vikings off the board a couple of weeks ago, but you know, this team is fully capable of winning a playoff game. It's fully capable of winning a couple playoff games, or it's also fully capable of, of just dropping a dud on Monday night football. The, the thing that's very different is the consistency that they showed the first, you know, when they started 10 and two, it, it's completely fallen by the, by the wayside. Now I think, the reason for that is they were pretty, they're what we thought at the beginning of the season pretty top heavy. Like we thought there was maybe some depth that developed, and that mm-hmm. depth just kind of it dwindled. And, and the, when guys, when their stars like DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt went out and they faced different issues as far as personnel and getting their stars on the field, this team struggled because they didn't have the depth, you know, in, in where they haven't hit as far as drafting and they haven't hit as far as bringing in guys off the free agent market. Uh, to really be, be contributors. So they, they have to play kind of a flawless game uh, in order to win. Like the game plan has to go almost 100% according to plan. I can only think of one game, Derek, that they really got smacked in the mouth early, faced adversity, and were able to kind of show some res- resiliency and come back, and that was Minnesota all the way back in week two. Other than that, it's like they either come out, they play some defense, force a tournament over or three and out. And then the offense kind of plays complimentary football, and gets an early lead, and then they just kind of build on that lead and don't look back. But if they give up a lead early, uh, and, and they trailed early in the first matchup against the Rams, and, and maybe I should count that one. But now I was about to know, say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they it, it took Sony Michelle kind of coughing up a fumble and putting them in, in a pretty prime primo position to cash in uh, I mean, other than that, they haven't shown the ability to do that and overcome that. And they have to win. And the key areas that you expect to win in when you're looking to play, uh, you know, sound football, and that's in the takeaway department. It's just like the it's it's the cliche thing. You know, it's it's you get a lead early, you, you kind of you run some clock, you win the time of possession battle, and then you also uh, are able to add on to that. And, um, you know, it, it's it's just they they don't. Face adversity very well when they're when they're down. Unfortunately, they've kind of been out. They can they can kind of storm back a little bit, but they haven't been able to finish the job. And I don't know if it's just a, a there is some sort of lack of focus there with this this team. That uh, at some point, you know, with a young quarterback and young coach, they either have to develop or you got to figure something
1: else out. Now, with all that in mind, one of the, the things that the four nines really kind of exposed this last weekend or re exposed was the fact that you can. Cost problems to this Rams offensive line. You can shut down that offense. As as many players they have, as many producers they have, the Rams, they, they have their moments where they're they're not there. You know, given all that in mind, how does this Cardinals defense right now, the one that struggled a little bit, match up with this Rams offense, which basically played a solid first half against the and completely fell apart in the second half.
3: Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was weird, and, and I watched a, a lot of that Rams game, and I've watched a lot of the film, too. It's like uh, there's two different quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford, we know that when you can get pressure on him, and you can get pressure usually up the middle, he becomes a very pedestrian to below-average below quarterback. But when he, when he gets the protection, he can pick you apart, and he can be one of the best passers in the league because he has every throw in his arsenal. And I, I think that the Arizona Cardinals will absolutely try to take away From what the Niners were able to do and uh because they were actually able to force a bad performance from Stafford in the second half and they were absolutely able to close the you know seal the deal where I feel like the Rams or at least Stafford hasn't played well over the last four games I think nine turnovers in those four games but the Rams are three and one during those times but they've played against mediocre to below average talent you know in in Minnesota and they had a win against Baltimore without Lamar Jackson I think that this Cardinals defense, especially with J.J. Watt coming back, can generate the pressure necessary up the middle of that offensive line to really be disruptive, get Matthew Stafford off his spot, make up for their lack of talent in the secondary, and we'll see some errant passes like we did in week four from Stafford. I I think that's the, the, the key to success on the defensive side of the football.
1: Now, here's the big question for you, wrapping it all together. How do you think this game plays out on Monday night? Yeah, I mean
3: in a perfect world the Arizona Cardinals you, they're able to kind of recapture what they've what they've done and follow the blueprint that they did 11 times. Like I, I don't want to discount like I know they're slumping. I know they're they're trending in the wrong direction and they they look very similar at least how their season went to Pittsburgh last year. And it's tough to kind of say, "Hey, I can I can say 100% that this team's going to show up." and and they're going to have a chance to win on Monday night. And I, and I think they do, but I, it might be a little naive just how things have gone recently. But I think these are two teams that haven't played their best football. And if the Arizona Cardinals can play their best football, and Cliff Kingsbury said that, he expects Kyler Murray to to really show up and have the best game of his career on Monday night. If that happens, if he's able to kind of you know activate God mode, which he can do on the playing field... Well, uh, you know that's going to be a big problem for for the Rams. And anytime Kyler Murray's playing at that kind of a level, Derek, I mean, they have a chance to beat anybody. And uh, you know, I I'd, I'd love to see that. That's me being optimistic. I just I I don't think that the Rams are playing that great uh, of football. Um, and I think that the Cardinals absolutely, if, if they can if they can force a couple turnovers, maybe one two, not that many more, uh, then and, and win the takeaway battle, that they can they can win this game. They they have the ability to do that. I'm not completely counting them out. And I think I think with the focus of it being a playoff game, they can get back to it. They might have just been on cruise control a little bit too much down the stretch because of the hot start that they got. So I, I think that they can do that. I mean, it really also is going to come down to is, is this run game healthy enough because we knew what the Niners were able to do and and really take advantage of the Rams on defense by running the football. And if the Arizona Cardinals can do that, when they've won, they've really kind of relied on the legs of Kyler, Chase Edmonds, and, of course, James Conner. But we'll see what his, uh, his status is.
2: Now,
1: the thing I also want to mention, though, is, is you know, the Rams haven't been great for a while. But yeah. during that five-game streak, they were, they, there was something different about them. They, they got beat up physically by the first-time run. They got beat up physically by the Titans. They got beat up physically by the 49ers. And then for five games, they physicaled up, so to speak. And even that first half against the 49ers, that first half against the 49ers on, on Sunday was their best half of the season, hands down. They're not even close um, in terms of combined offense defense. The only thing they struggled with was their run. It was the third and one call that changed everything. And that's where that's where McVay gets in trouble, that occasional what-are-you-doing call. Um, but then they followed up with their worst half of the season. And I, I get what you're saying. They're not playing well. They played some mediocre teams, but those were grit wins that every championship team has to, to get through, especially mm-hmm. when you struggled. I just don't know which team shows up. Just, yeah. Does the first half team show up from the 49er game, or does the second half team show up? If the first half team shows up, they're going to win the game. If, yeah. if the second half team shows up, it's going to be a repeat of Week Four, and I I don't know what to expect at all. I, I really don't, especially given the secondary yeah. issues the team has now. I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect. I wish I could. I, I wish I could feel confident going in this game. Um, but Arizona has too much talent. They really do. They have some. You just can't. Even if they struggled the last part of the year, they have too much talent to say. Yeah, this is definitive. This is definitive. Rams win. Yeah. I, I wish I could it, say it, that.
3: You know, and and when you look at the, you know Stafford's performance over the last couple of games, and it's and, and he's he's been able to get away with it. In and the, and the Rams, they have enough talent on their roster as well to where they could overcome those performances. I just don't think if he comes out and he's still struggling, it's not going to be a good night for for the Rams. But then when you look at the overall, I mean, you look at the Rams; they're they're the Cardinals' kryptonite, especially with Sean McVay at the helm. I mean, he's nine and one against the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury are one and five combined against the Rams. Kyler Murray's never been sacked by an opponent any more than he's been by the Rams eighteen times in those six games. He's never turned the ball over as much as he has against the Rams, so there is that as well. And it's just, uh, you, you kind of have to look at the trends, and and then also you have to get away from it because both of these teams on their resume have had such an uneven season. It's you could see either of these teams running away with it you could see a, a tight contest shootout you could see it grinded out or you could see you know uh, it it's it, it, oh, i don't know what we would do if we saw a disappointing performance by both we haven't seen that but uh because they've been pretty opportunistic and taken advantage of that but it, it i i feel with it. i think each fan base probably feels this way you, they they don't know what to expect come Monday night and uh it's 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 unfortunate because these are some of the most talented teams in the NFL and you know whoever goes gets shut you know, loses on Monday night. That was a team that shouldn't have had their season been one and done in the postseason. There there should
1: be a disappointed fan base if they don't come out with the W either way. Oh, and there will be. Because especially for on the Rams side. I think you know, the Cardinals have a larger window than the Rams do. You know the the, the bill will come due for the Rams sooner or later. And <laughs> probably sooner. Yeah. They have they've gone all in, they've done what they can. All the people who are critical about them doing that I think it's it's if you're in LA, you can't not go for it. If you got the horses to make your run, you go for it. But the bill will come due. We know a rebuild is coming sooner rather than later. You you can only escape that for so long. So if you're a Rams fan, you're thinking, okay, you know, you have probably this year or next year, and then it's coming. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm thinking, okay, you can still grow. We we we're still growing. We got a young quarterback. We're still growing. But you know you still want to get over the hump. So on one end, you have a team that's looking to get over the hump, and one team that is, you, they know, in the, in the back of their minds, they have to know, our window isn't big.
3: For sure. And that, that adds a lot of extra pressure on, on Los Angeles, for sure, uh, in, in going and making the move and saying, hey, for the most part, not, not team or organization saying this, but, like, if all we need is a quarterback, they go out and they get the quarterback and nobody would say, "Hey, you'd take that back, get Stafford for golf uh but it it does certainly add extra pressure on on everybody in that locker room, where sure, Kyler Murray having a franchise quarterback, the caliber of him, that does seem like you have a a larger window, but not a lot of years do you, are you going to have as much talent as the Cardinals have on their roster right now, and if they don't if they're not able to tap on on that, I don't care if they have a, a their windows open longer. It's still a disappointment, and it's still, you know, falling short. But we are seeing this team take steps forward each year, uh, and it's like this slow, methodical rise. So if if it's a learning experience, you just hope that they don't go into SoFi and just get their doors blown off, in something that they can't really, really learn learn from going forward. And, and one thing I'll say about Kyler Murray is I, I haven't seen him yet elevate the roster with his play like obviously he can win games on his own just with his his skill set but i haven't seen him elevate other players to where you know down the road if if they don't have a talented receiving core or running back core uh or if he's struggling with the offensive line that can't protect he hasn't been able to kind of overcome that like things still have to go perfect for him to really play at a high level
1: yeah i don't have anything else for it you said it all <laughs> you said it all. All right. Let people know where they can find you, Bo.
3: Yeah, easiest way to find me on Twitter, just uh, search Bob Rack. Uh, that's just how my name spells out, Bo Brock on Twitter. Uh, watch us on YouTube, Locked on Cardinals, if you want kind of some insight into what the, what, what's going on as far as Arizona goes. Going into this matchup, we get the extra day. We've got a, a podcast dropping on Thursday, or we had one on Thursday with, uh, with Travis Rogers, who's kind of the pre post game and halftime show host. For the Rams and uh, we've also got a show Friday and then Monday we're making our full predictions about what we think is going to happen in this game that where it's really anybody's
1: guess as, as you kind of laid out there Derek <laughs> yep, There you go. Alright Well, thanks so much. We have connected a lot in the last year. They've always been great conversations and it seems fitting that these two teams will meet again and let's have one more conversation before the season's over for us Thanks so much for taking time. Really appreciate it have a great one Likewise, man.
3: It's always fun to talk to you three times. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> Could be four tour on the lead, man. I've I've lost count at this point. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, there you go. There's the view. As for me, I'm calling this Rams 2117. Maybe 2017. Close. I think if this game does shoot out, they're in trouble. I just don't think they're consistent enough right now to really peg a blowout in there. I don't think they're consistent enough offensively for weeks now to really count on living through a, a shootout. So the Rams got to move. And they got to hold on football. They got to keep the ball in their hands. They got to come back and show that this offensive line can do everything they need to do. It was a rough Rough week last week against the 49 They had to come back strong, and I think they will. I think they'll come back a lot better, make a lot of changes. I got to hope anyways. So there you go. There's our preview. Follow us on Twitter at TalkRands. Follow me on Twitter, DCAppala. Don't forget our Facebook group. And as always, you can to the podcast. Anywhere podcasts can be found. Have a great one. There we go. It's playoff time.